0: And long story short, I think that Building Better People here is the little moments in a class that you learn a lesson that you can take into your everyday life.
1: Hey everybody, it's Coach Charlie. Welcome or welcome back to the Building Better People podcast brought to you by BoomFit. Thanks for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But, more importantly, I hope the following interview inspires you to take the next step in your fitness journey. Enjoy.
0: Hi, my name is Grayson Fleming, I'm 18, and I will be a freshman in college in just a few months at the University of Georgia.
1: Yes, <laughs> just di- just graduated like a week ago. Just
0: graduated, well actually, so I actually graduated, I was supposed to graduate May 20th third, but my graduation ceremony will be on the sixth. So it's this Saturday. It's so exciting. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: you're, you know, I would call you guys because there's a a population of people that are seniors through Mm. (laughs) COVID-19, right? And, you know, you kind of have your own perspective. (laughs) Um, I was a senior long ago, but you know, it was a normal year, right? Or as it would be for a senior, you guys. And I think there was a lot of posting on social media, kind of like, you guys didn't get to do prom, you didn't get to do graduation. So like, but you're a senior. So how yeah. was it for you?
0: I really thought I, I loved it. i like new and different stuff. I was really happy that my senior year wasn't the same as every other one. And for missing prom, that was okay. Because we I don't know, I feel like we bonded in different ways. Even though we didn't get to go to the dance, we've had Sadie and homecoming and stuff and so now it makes graduation even more special like we haven't been with each other for a while so I don't really feel like I've missed out I feel like I've kind of gained some perspective really if anything
1: yeah so graduation is on
0: graduation is ceremony everything yes that's amazing it's so exciting we have a few guests I thought we were gonna only have like parents parents and that's it but no we get some family to come. We're doing it on the football field for the very first time. It's going to be so great. I'm so uh, excited.
1: You know, it's it's interesting because what would have been probably just a, oh, you know, ceremony, like I'm graduating, like special, but it just would have been expected. Mm-hmm. Going what you've been through for now the last two and a half months, you're almost mm-hmm. like so much more excited that you actually get to have a ceremony. I know.
0: It's, it's like when someone goes away, and then they move back, and you're so excited to see them. That's how it's going to be on graduation. We haven't seen each other for a while. It's going to be so exciting. It's going to be bittersweet, too, because yeah. that's kind of your, like, hello and goodbye time, which is okay, because yep. we're all going to college, but it's it's going to be good. Yep. It's going to be special.
1: Well, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I interviewed your mom, like, January, I think. Yeah. It was an awesome was... <laughs> interview. Did you listen to it?
0: Yes, it was right after my surgery. Yes. <laughs> and her surgery.
1: Okay. And it's really special to have you on the podcast. Yay. And I want to start out with you giving us, you know, you're 18. Mm-hmm. You got started here at the gym. Was it after BCS Classic last year? It was. So almost a year. Mm-hmm. But, and we'll get to that, but let's go back in time. Okay. And, and think about, you know, what drew you into exercise or sports um were you even active as a young child or oh my gosh
0: yes so i have an older brother and ever since the moment i could walk i was doing something like he swam when he was six so i swam when i was three and he played football and i played soccer every single time he played a sport i was playing a sport even if i was too young for it like for swimming you weren't as allowed to swim until you were four or something, but I could swim across the pool. So they let me swim because I can make it, and it was all because my brother was the guy. Like, he was the cool guy, even as a child. <laughs> like, who could ride his bike the fastest and stuff? So that was my fitness start, was just trying to catch up with my brother. And then, of course, I played sports forever, and that's what kind of led to my surgery, really, was just playing so many sports. Like, I don't remember a season... In my life or like a sports season where I wasn't playing a sport. I played like field hockey.
1: What do you love about <laughs> sports?
0: The competition and I just like being active. I don't really like sitting around. And it, it really all goes back to my brother. He's so insanely competitive that I, I took everything that I know about competition and I learned it from him, which can be good and bad because girls are very different in competition. And when you act like a guy's type of competitive it's kind of hard but that's what it was really the competition and being active and being strong like even from a young age I really liked being strong so I think that's what started it so
1: for you working out was more of just sport right it was like yeah. I you, I mean part of any any sport you have to work out mm-hmm. I mean it, even if you don't look at it as a workout Practice is a workout.
0: Yeah, but we never, like I hadn't lifted weights until I got to the gym here. No way. I think I did a deadlift like once by myself at TrueFit one time when I went to go to swim practice and after I was like, oh, I'll do a deadlift. And that was it. That's all I've done before I got to CrossFit.
1: So when you were you know doing different sports in junior high Mm -hmm. and I guess high school, um, what was it that you would say was... the the biggest challenge in sports for you?
0: Honestly, dialing it down. I'm someone who kind of goes all the way. And that was, it's good, but it's also bad because it kind of led to sort of a breaking point in like my competitive spirit, sort of. So I would just go 100% all the way, all the time. And that led to my teammates not loving to be around me because even if it was like a game in practice I was just so competitive and looking back I see it but in the moment I was like oh my gosh you're not gonna dread the fact that you didn't just go insane for that one ball that was in one practice three years ago are you kidding me and it was not good so that that was probably the hardest so game. I don't
1: know if you've even heard of or or this, documentary about michael jordan no okay there's one that just came out on espn right probably in the last couple months it's called the last dance okay do you know who michael jordan is oh yeah okay so michael jordan you know he led the bulls to six nba titles in eight years mm-hmm. and the, you know i'm sure you were probably mm-hmm. not nearly <laughs> as intense but to the what you're describing is a lot like what michael jordan did on that team, right? He was so competitive. He was, and he would bring the, he would elevate the, the the, everyone on his team, but Mm -hmm. to a point where it was like, they sometimes would take offense to it, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was effective, you know, they won, but you're seeing, it sounds like for you, it was something that you look back as like, that was not a good thing.
0: No, it was, or yes to you, and no, it was not a good thing. It was, looking back, it was very negative, I had one senior who I just, like, I want to be her when I grow up. And she was a senior when I was a freshman, and she was so competitive. So I thought that, you know, I'm competitive. That's good. I can be competitive. She's super competitive, but she was so much wiser than me. There's such a difference between a freshman's mind and a senior's mind because in my mind, it was, like, be the loudest, be the most aggressive, be be the most everything – but she understood the balance because she was loud and she was aggressive, but she knew how different people needed to be approached about striving to be better, and I did not. So that that's what I learned after that point where I kind of just, it wasn't a burnout, it was just kind of a breaking point where I realized that what I was doing was not working. Then I got hurt, then I had to wait and walk from the sidelines, and then I realized that, there needed to be a little bit of a change before I got back into sports.
1: I mean, yeah. I think that what what you were was very competitive,
0: <laughs> and, and what
1: in and you're eighteen, so kind of what would you say was the click for you? Like, it sounds like there was a, kind of a maturity. Oh my gosh, yes. But you know, at the same time, there, there's a part of being competitive, especially in sport, that's necessary. Mm-hmm. So, where, how do you balance that?
0: Well, the click was when i blew out my shoulder so <laughs> no, you're good. freshman year i this is the all or nothing me side freshman year i was a hitter on the volleyball team and i was going i was going one day i was like man my shoulder really hurts i hit one just right and there was just this in my mind i was like oh that's a pinch that hurts well I kept playing. I I did uh, volleyball, cheer, swim, and softball that year. Next year, all those and pole vault, and my shoulders kept getting worse and worse. And then, um, right after pole vault, I just realized like I couldn't do anything. There was no strength in my shoulder. Long story short, blew out basically everything you can blow out in your shoulder. I blew out, and then the next year, uh, that was in January. My surgery was in January, so I recovered, and then I wasn't going to be able to do summer volleyball or ended up not being able to do school volleyball because I got a concussion first day of school. Basically, didn't play any sports that whole year, so I had to sit out and I had to watch, and the change in the mentality was really just realizing that since I am an all-or-nothing person, it's not like it was either... Be fully part of the sport, or just not be part of the sport. Even though I couldn't play, so I was. If I was gonna be fully part of the sport, I was gonna be as helpful as I could, and as um just uplifting. I guess is the right word because I couldn't be as competitive because I wasn't on the court, but I could still scream, I could still cheer, and I could still yell. And then stepping back, literally, like stepping back off the court or the field or the, you know, the pole vault pit and watching, I really, really saw what other people needed. And that helped me go from, I wasn't ever really selfish. But help me just kind of shift my priorities from being, we need to win, to that person can get better, and I want to help them get better. And if they get better, then we all can get better, and that will actually help us win. So the shift was really just being forced to watch and, and find what, a different way to help. What was
1: sports after that moment like for you?
0: Sports, it was so much more of a team thing. I know that sounds dumb because sports are just, it's a team, really, unless you I don't know, all, all, pretty much all sports are a team. But I didn't view it that way. I don't know. I just viewed it as a win or loss. It wasn't really a... That's all it was. Like, it was when the game's over, you win or you lose, and that's about it. But afterwards, it's so much more of a team thing. Like, everyone can grow and everyone can get better. And if one person is down, then the whole team's going to fall down. And you have to lift that person back up before you can all get better. That is... I've learned an insane amount at the like last year and this year i feel like a completely different person so you
1: were shoulder recovered Mm -hmm. and then how was you know the i guess seasons after that
0: they were good well the seasons after that was basically just this year um and softball was like my thing we i'm the pitcher for our team and this was gonna be our year seriously like this was the year we had the best team we've had ever And I'm still so competitive, but it's much more productive, competitive type thing going on. And our team, it was going so great. Like, we, our um, practices were amazing. Pitching was getting great. We had another pitcher and then Corona hit and we didn't get to finish our season. But Uh. it's okay. It's really okay. I'm not mad and I'm not sad because of corona because I know it was going to be so good there's no doubt in my mind that we were going to do amazing and I'm really okay with that
1: how many games did y'all play
0: oh man in actual season we probably played I don't know four we had a bunch of off-season games and the very last game like I I tagged the fence on a hit uh twice this girl oh my gosh she everyone just had their best game Ever. The very last game. And, and you had
1: no idea it was going to be your last no, game?
0: No, because it was right before spring break. And then we went to spring break, and then we weren't coming back to school. Oh, that was that was the worst part of <laughs> corona. Like, so, I don't yeah. care about prom. It was that, that we couldn't wow. finish what we started there.
1: And were you all undefeated? Mm.
0: We weren't undefeated, but I think we maybe only lost one game, which is a big deal. Okay, we go to a small school, and... S- it was, it was just the best year we've had. Actually, oh my gosh, maybe we were undefeated. We lost a game, but it might have been an offseason. Oh, wow. <gasps> Ooh, I'm not sure. I need to go look at that. <laughs> okay, so
1: I, I, I want to dive into last summer, mm-hmm. um, or it was really fall. I guess it was still summer, September 7th. <laughs> yeah. The BCS Classic
0: mm-hmm.
1: was really kind of, I guess, like the first time that you and I probably spent time because you helped the whole time and <laughs> yes. your mom helped so much. And so... Give me a little bit of what that experience was for you.
0: Oh, it was so fun. Oh my gosh. From the night before we were hanging up signs and meeting everyone to the next day and the next few days when all the athletes were out there, it was just so eye-opening. Like that is the kind of competitiveness I have learned and I've been looking for Like, people are so competitive. It's crazy, but no one is... Well, I mean, the people... I'm sure there are. But the people that I saw, they weren't selfish and greedy. That was another thing. It wasn't like people were greedy about what they were doing. They were working so hard all the time. And they knew they gave their best. So there wasn't any need after the fact to be mad about anything. And it was... It was just so great. It was like going to the coolest carnival in the entire world. <laughs> but people are working out and having fun. It was sunny. and It was so hot. And I was just kind of like a runner for my mom was helping um, with everything. And so I was like filling up water bottles. I was just doing anything you could imagine. And I got to see so much. It was just so eye opening and Rich Froning was there and I had no idea who he was. I feel so dumb. <laughs> my dad and I walked up to my mom. We're like, hey, mom. And Rich Froning was standing right there and we're like, hey, what's up? You know, dude, how's it going? <laughs> and then I go home and we looked him up and I watched a documentary about him on Netflix. And I watched it the other day. I'm like, we are so stuck stupid why didn't we take a picture with him
1: but so so fun, oh funny funny story in that light because <laughs> i think it's you know in our little world of crossfit mm-hmm. we definitely know who rich fronin yes. is right and i had so alicia originally was going to pick him up at the airport that morning <laughs> okay one of our kids got hurt at our house. Like it was, you know, it wasn't a major injury, but it needed band-aids and bleeding was happening. Oh, and, no. you know, he was supposed to be picked up at a specific time because he was competing. Mm-hmm. And I'm showing around a buddy of mine who's, uh, he actually owns a law firm. I'm showing him the event and I'm talking to Alicia and he knows there's, some, he, he's like, hey, what do you need? I can do it. And I said, yeah, there's this guy flying into Easterwood. Mm-hmm. He's landing at, you know, I tell him, I, I go. He's kind of a big deal. His name's Rich Froning. He's like, he's like, I don't know who he is. I'm like, so I pulled out his Instagram. I'm like, well, one point something million people know who he is because <laughs> he was wondering how I'm going to recognize him. <laughs> I go, here's his Instagram. Just look at some pictures of him. He's very noticeable.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I feel so No, dumb. that's funny. That's
1: great. You know. Okay, so, okay, you're an athlete. You're competitive. Sport your whole life. <laughs> You finish that weekend. I mean, is it immediate like, okay, I wanna do this? Oh yeah. Okay.
0: It is like the sport I've been looking for because it can be a singular or a like a one person thing. You know, you can work out by yourself, but you can also do team and there's there's boxes, people are from boxes, so they all cheer each other on. It's like the best of all the sports because swim is kind of singular and I did swim and then I played volleyball, which is totally team sport. Just CrossFit combines everything. And it's not just cardio. It's not just endurance. It's not just strength. It's the combination of everything that you need to work on for life. And so you get started. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Come
1: to the gym.
0: I died. (laughs) I totally died. The first workout. I I don't remember. I know people can like remember their first workout. I don't remember. The only thing I remember is that it was kind of a noon workout. I think I was on a break. Because there weren't a whole lot of people there. So a lot of people were at work. And it was me and maybe one or two other people. And I remember being so mortified honestly. Because I couldn't do anything. I Like I could do the body weight stuff. But the weight weight stuff. Or uh, not weight weight. But like barbell. I had never done anything like that. And so when I tried. I just couldn't do it. And I remember being... Just embarrassed, but that is what drives me. Like I don't really care what other people think of me, whatever. I care what I think of me a whole lot. So me being embarrassed, it was not gonna happen again. So I came back and I worked on it, and that was my first experience. I loved it so much that I was mad that I couldn't do it. That that type of feeling. So there it's w- a
1: competitor in you, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess. So i would say i can't remember the day i coached you and you were doing power cleans um and i could tell i was like you were making progress right (laughs) like you were pushing hard and and i think that you know being that you're an athlete but never touched a barbell um and you know where how did you feel your learning curve was like how did you feel like it was this uh, you know long drawn out process and you're still in it or did you feel like you caught on pretty quickly
0: i feel like it was a total spike in learning and i'm, I'm still going up like really really aggressively because since i didn't know anything and i love learning new stuff whether it's in school or sports I, it just makes me so happy to learn something new and every single time i can up a little bit of weight and stuff but i'm always learning new techniques like robert the coach here obviously you know him but he's so good at helping me with little things that really help um, improve what i'm doing so i feel like my learning curve is just kind of an uphill climb and it's still going and it makes me so happy
1: so you know when was that that you really wanted pull-ups and that you were so committed (laughs) to working on them
0: oh man that might have
1: was that january or was that before that
0: it was it might have been january i think so yeah
1: so what are you know that to me is kind of that competitor in you that you probably come to a class pull ups are in the workout Mm -hmm. and you keep seeing that and you're like I can't do them I can't do them I want to do them I want to do them I want to do them I got to put extra work in Mm -hmm. so is that something you experience every day you're here
0: yes every single day I don't think there's ever been a workout where I I think, you know, I'm okay. Like, I'm good because <laughs> I'm not. And I know I'm not because I'm a little – I'm newer to CrossFit. But there are certain movements. Like, there's some stuff where it's just kind of a, the movement's good, but you need to up and wait. But for pull-ups, that movement, I just – I that's a goal. And my dad, he's – of course, he can do like a million pull-ups. And so he's <laughs> helping me outside of – working out here and stuff and I finally over um, the corona quarantine I got (laughs) this sounds so pathetic but I got two and that's better than none and my kipping pull ups are better and those little victories they really 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 help and there's little stuff like burpees burpees were so hard for me and now I've realized just little tweaks that help them be so much easier or just more efficient maybe not easier but more um, like time friendly, yeah. you know, in workouts. That's I love that. I love that about CrossFit. How did
1: how did the fall or whatever season you did CrossFit leading up into softball mm-hmm. help?
0: Oh my gosh, just exponentially helped everything. Seriously. I was faster and stronger and I was more evenly strengthened like um earlier in my fitness career i was really off balance like one side of my body from pitching mm-hmm from pitching from hitting um from setting even I, like half my body was so much stronger than the other half and crossFit helped balance me out so much which is a crazy big deal especially for how vulnerable my shoulder can be so it helped with everything like health and then strength all combined into one it was insanely helpful
1: yeah um you had a little shoulder tweak mm-hmm. was that how, how did that happen
0: yeah wait surgery or yeah
1: sir yeah oh yeah <laughs> when did you have that happened in the last i mean
0: the last i think well it was months. january 27th right. um of last year Yeah. oh my gosh it's already been a year but so what happened was I had shoulder surgery, They um, so my labrum was torn, they cut five centimeters off my biceps tendon and had to reattach it to my humerus, and then... This is they, all
1: before CrossFit? Oh, yeah, yeah, This is CrossFit. from softball pitching?
0: Uh, <laughs> all the sports. I played like five, six sports per year, which was insane. Like, I don't know how I didn't get hurt. I, I must have been hurt in other ways, and I just didn't care and didn't notice because I was so driven so you which, ha- yeah oh. you ha-
1: yeah I was a competitor and you had that yeah. all happen in january the mm-hmm. surgery
0: mm-hmm. and then the worst part was i had a horrible reaction and and really bad complications that prolonged my recovery at least three weeks probably a month and it that was the worst part of my surgery so that's what kept me out even longer and That was, oh my, my mental state just kind of took a nosedive from my surgery. Describe
1: it. Tell me a little bit.
0: I was, I hate saying this because I'm mad at myself that I was this way, but after that, I was so fearful and timid. Like, I went through a point where I was that crazy competitor, and then after surgery, I, give up is not the right word, but my competitive spirit was just so sedentary because i was kind of worried about hurting myself again kind of worried about hurting other people from being so competitive because i'd realized how negative that had been so i kind of forced myself to be like oh you know it's okay if you didn't do your best well you can do it next time it's fine and that that wasn't helpful either. So I went from kind of polar opposite to other polar opposite. All through my recovery and the first few months back working out and stuff. In my shoulder, I had just been in so much pain that it was really hard to go all out again. Because I'd, reali- I'd seen what all out led to. But that was years of all out. Not mm. just a workout. That,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, that i that was, that wasn't great. That wasn't a tough, good time in Grayson's tough. life. What about
1: coming into CrossFit and going through, I mean, there, it's so shoulder intensive. Mm-hmm. Did it help? Did it hurt? Did you have to work around it?
0: Oh, it hurt, but it helps. That is exactly, those are the perfect words to describe it. Chris Rea, or I can't believe, I can't call him by his first name. He's Mr. Rea to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he help like he was he did my on-ramp and he helped me with pretty much everything he taught me about the crossover symmetry and he was really really helpful with strengthening my shoulder before strengthening kind of anything else because I really 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 needed help and he'd had some shoulder problems so that really helped my shoulder and then the mental state that's when my mental state started getting so much better robert had a huge role to play in this and it kind of is the building better people thing so i'll save that for later yeah but um it's helped with everything like strength in my whole body but especially my shoulder
1: mm-hmm. um let's transition to the nutrition mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about your mom so the the way your mom got introduced to the gym was through the six-week challenge
0: mm-hmm. yeah. in
1: the fall of 18. wow <laughs> and she did the six-week challenge. You, She mentioned to me that you were wanting to do nutrition and I think I said, well, y'all should just do your six-week challenge and you ha- mm-hmm. she had all the materials. I was like, just take Grayson through it. Yeah. So you, uh, I think that was New Year's or?
0: That was, yes, Christmas? January 1st. Okay,
1: January 1st.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So give me a little bit, I mean, I, I remember, I'm 38, but I remember being 18 and I remember wanting something different mm-hmm. in terms of my physical health. Mm-hmm. I had no guidance, right? I had zero knowledge. You're at that same stage of life and give me a little bit of kind of like where what led you to saying, I want to change my eating habits.
0: Well, my eating habits had not, they've never been horrible. I just eat a lot because my brother ate a lot because he is a giant human <laughs> and I ate as much as he did and I am not a giant human. So um, my... I wanted to do the six week challenge because since my shoulder surgery and since my concussion, I had not been able to do a whole lot, not because I didn't want to, I wanted to, but I just physically couldn't. Um, and so I, it's not like I gained a lot of weight in the moment. I mean, I, I was a 17 year old girl. I thought I was like so fat and horribly out of shape and everything. And I wasn't looking back. I, that was so dumb anyway. Um I had I had got I mean gained a little bit of weight just because I wasn't moving a whole lot and then I got to it got to New Year's and I was getting a lot better with my shoulder. It was healing a lot so I could get back into sports and stuff and I thought you know what might as well start eating better like there's no harm in it. Um and so we did the six week challenge and it was great actually and if for the first like four weeks it was awesome. I had lost kind of the baby fat that I was holding on to and I gained a good bit of muscle. I was working out here. This is the kicker. It was great for the four weeks. And I was working out here six o'clock every morning before school. But then I was going to softball after school. And since I was the pitcher, I had a lot of, it was just a really long workout, like all practice I was pitching. I was doing drills. I never got a break, which I'm not complaining about. I loved it. I would go crazy if I had a break. But you were drained. I was totally drained. And I'd never felt that drain before. And I was like, man, this is a little weird. Um, and that's when I I, I was so happy with losing weight that I'd forgotten about muscle, really, and all the stuff I was using and um, like expending throughout the day just living that I had forgotten that you really need to fuel your body, even though you want to lose weight. And so then the last two, actually, it was pretty much just the last week, maybe week and a half, I realized just how insanely tired I was. And we had a lot of games. That's why it was super game heavy for softball. So I never got a break. Like I was always in the game and I um, was, it was weird. I felt weird. That's the best way to describe it. I didn't know what was wrong, and then uh, I got through the six-week challenge, ended on my birthday, so then I had like, I had one slice of cheesecake or something, which is great, <laughs> and but then later, the bad, the, the negative effect started happening after the actual six-week challenge. After the prescribed time was up, I Falsely, very, very, very falsely calculated what I thought was the macro breakdown of the six week challenge, and transferred it over to oh, I can just you know sustain this. It was not correct, not with a six week you know, challenge. You and, and this for. is
1: I would say if if I can interrupt for a second. Yeah, go for it. Why the and you were doing it kind of secondhand from your mother, mm-hmm. and sh- she's great. And yeah, but when we do a six week challenge, you have an assigned coach mm-hmm. who you meet with checks in with you day you know almost daily every two weeks you're talking about this and 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 that's the value of having somebody who's monitoring oh yeah definitely. we always tell people every person is different you know so what worked for your mom of course <laughs> is not going to work for you because you're you know working out at 6 a.m and practicing in the afternoon for three hours and act you know it's just a mm-hmm. you're completely different but i think that's the i, I think there's a lesson here for people listening mm-hmm. that like Yes, there's value in changing eating habits and having a good plan, but I think there's also value in having the coaching and the accountability.
0: And since I made such a drastic difference and tried to sustain it, that was not good.
1: So I wanna go back to the very first thing you said, Mm -hmm. which you know, if you if you're comfortable sharing, you 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 kind of mentioned the reason you wanna start because you felt like you were overweight, and then you said something to the nature of like but I wasn't, but I felt that way and I didn't like myself and you're 18 and I, (laughs) you know, I, I, I appreciate your honesty, but I would love for you to expand on that because I think that sometimes, um, there's somebody listening or will listen who is that age, if not a couple years younger. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's really hard for people to communicate that and really share that. Um, but I do believe like one of my heart heart of hearts, passions is kids, youth, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was an overweight kid, right? I was, you know, I didn't like swimming. Oh, I like swimming, but I didn't like taking my shirt off at the pool, mm-hmm. right? And be embarrassed around all my friends. And um, so I have a huge heart for kids and teenagers and high school students. Um, I don't have the opportunity as much to reach those populations, right? Because, um, you know, they're, they're again, they may not want help. Their parents may not know where to go for help. But I want you to share a little bit about what you were feeling.
0: Okay. Um, in complete honesty, I was just comparing myself to all the other girls who did not have a really long break because of um, shoulder surgery and concussion. All of my friends, we all play sports. There's not one of us who doesn't. And so they were all staying the exact same size and getting stronger and looking better because we always play sports. And I have always played sports. And so when I had to take a break, kind of against my will, I just, that's just natural, I guess. I mean, if you're not working out crazy hard, you're not going to be the exact same size anymore. And this is, this is complete honesty. The moment I realized that I wanted to make some sort of difference was when I put on jeans that I hadn't put on since before the surgery, because I only had one hand. So I had to wear like (laughs) yoga pants Mm -hmm. and they didn't fit as well. And I had always been the same size. And that was a little weird. And I just, if there is someone listening, who is my age and who's a girl and you know, the, the top button doesn't button. Okay. You, you, you probably aren't fat. You just ate like a little bit more and you're probably just still digesting it. That, but I didn't realize that it's okay. Slash. It's really easy to come back from. It's not the end of the world. Because everyone needs a break. I honestly think that that break that I was forced to take helped me from getting burnt out. I was so close to being burnt out of everything that that helped me not. And it's really, okay, I'm not bitter or mad about anything. And it was a pretty significant point in my life. And I'm really just thankful that everything happened the way it did. Because if I didn't want to make a change, I wouldn't have gotten here
1: and it sounds, the reason I want to highlight that, because it did sound, when you shared, and it sounds like you had overcome that feeling that you had, mm-hmm. right? Because the battle is in your mind, right? Oh, 100
0: million percent. Like an inch
1: on your waist, two inches on your waist. And yes, there's an aesthetic change that occurs, mm-hmm. but... If you see, what what you see is what your personal reality is. And your mm-hmm. eyes tend to gravitate towards the, whatever you lead them to, to gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. So if your eyes gravitate to the one tiny segment of your body that carries extra fat, then yeah. that's all you're going to think, right? But it sounds like you have overcome that. Uh, I guess to a degree, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that part of that is you working out, wanting to get, improve and you know, get physically in better shape, but not to a diminishing point. Yeah. So, how did you step into victory, if we call it victory?
0: Um, I think it was my determination, my little competitor living in there because I my mom started coming to the gym before I did. And when I did the six week challenge, I was really happy with the improvements that I'd made. And I started to realize that I could, um, like if you gain a little weight, you can come back really easily. And so after the six week challenge, when I, um, when I started improving my eating a little bit, I'm still really working on it. Uh, the victory for me was getting stronger and like being able to do a pull up. And Steph- so
1: seeing the, seeing the positive outcome of, of working out mm-hmm. and changing eating habits led you to realize that hey maybe I'm not overweight maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm okay you know because that's the victory the victory yeah. is you being okay with you
0: that, yeah that's you know true. the defeat is you not that. being
1: okay with you it, And, and, and I, I'm, I have a belief that doesn't matter what weight is doesn't matter what the body fat percentage is. What you believe about you is the reality of your health and fitness, Mm -hmm. right? Now, there's a factual point, right? You're overweight and you're high body fat. Yeah. We need to work on that or, or, you know, but at the same time, that's not, like, what you believe about you.
0: I didn't think about, yeah, that sense of victory. I totally think that I stepped into that as soon as I probably maybe lost like the first pound in the six week challenge because when you lose a pound at least for me I couldn't really see a difference like in my body but I felt so much better and I realized like hey I don't really look that different but I feel a million times better what's going on here it was all mental and it
1: sounds like you had an aha moment and I want to repeat it because I think people need to hear it is that you realize that like it's really like really not that hard mm-hmm. like to to lose an inch right if you yeah. call it that or you know that the way you described it was like i didn't go that far off right because mm-hmm. sometimes people those yoga pants don't fit or that top button doesn't mm-hmm. button and now they think it's like oh I'll let myself i know go. Like and,
0: i'm and, at and, the point of no return no, that's and, not and, true and you're,
1: you're probably let's say like three days away from eating healthy and mm-hmm. going back to where you were now you know so it sounds like there was kind of an aha moment for you when mm-hmm. you realized, like, okay, this isn't the end of the world. I just need to dial in my nutrition. I need to show up, you know, work out. For sure. Um, Definitely. Okay, so you in the quarantine, I feel like it was like a whole nother level. You did that six-week challenge with your mom, you know, kind of learned a lot of lessons about, mm-hmm. really about um, what I'm going to call more of, like, the performance side of nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. Because your body demands more energy, more fuel, more calories when mm-hmm. you're when you're exercising actively playing a sport and then we went into the quarantine and we did the 28 day nutrition program mm-hmm. you were very engaged and you would sent me a an email with a long email with <laughs> questions <laughs> right and then we went kind of back and forth and i told you i thought it'd be great to actually have these conversations answer some of your questions mm-hmm. on a podcast because they're great questions and i feel like people have the same questions so let's start with i mean right now where you're at um, w- you know what are you what are you what what are your current questions about nutrition?
0: Okay, big one over like umbrella question. How do I <laughs> eat more calories? Kind of. So the deal is when people start working out, they usually are going into a calorie deficit, right? But I was in so much of a calorie deficit that I wasn't fueling my body. But <laughs> uh, being not a I don't know, not a college smart person about nutrition. I YouTubed a bunch of stuff about like reverse dieting, I guess. And I don't know a good way to go about that because I know I need more calories. I know my body cannot be okay at 1,300 calories when I'm working out the way that I am. But I don't know the Best macro breakdown or how to increase calories in the best way? Because, like, I don't want to shoot up to 2,000 calories all of a sudden. That can't be good for you. So, I'm going
1: to start with a, I was at a nutrition seminar probably three or four years ago that we put on for the chamber, and we had a female come and speak. Um, and she was uh, associated with the track team. She was a track athlete at Georgia. Uh, oh,
0: hey! <laughs> and
1: had come down here to coach and uh, working with the track team. And she was the speaker, and I think she had a master's in sport nutrition. She was, you know, on stage and very fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, very fit female. Um, and she shared, you know, she was like 135 pounds. That she was comfortable sharing that. I think five foot seven or six. And she said, "I eat." 3400 calories a day oh my gosh and that's exactly what every female probably thought in the room Wow! and here's this you know female who's probably late late 20s probably 28 years old very fit and you know what I loved about that was you know we've got this stigma in our mind about Mm -hmm. how many calories we're eating and the macro breakdown it's you know it's as toxic as righteousness can be in church right (laughs) it's just like You know, like get the focus off of that Mm -hmm. and put the focus more on fueling your body. Yes. Right. So it's like fuel your body for the day and whatever the day demands. Now, there is a system to that and there is a rhythm and it changes person to person. That's why we can't take, you know, mom's meal plan Mm -hmm. that worked for her And apply it to me and think I'm going to get great results because it's a plan for mom. Mm -hmm. And that's probably one of the bigger challenges we face is we look on the internet, we ask our (laughs) friends. And, you know, I don't want to say that it's so complicated and and scientific. Um, It is a lifelong study, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm 38. At 18, I started exercising. You know, I lost 40 pounds in three months. And the only thing I changed nutritionally was I cut soft drinks out. I still ate fast food. I still ate, you know, pizza. I still ate bad food, cut soft drinks out. Three years later, uh, you know, I was 21. I started kind of really learning nutrition and, and applying it. I'm a case study for me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the things that I would encourage you to look, this, look at this is like, we want the plan that works in 30 days.
0: And work—the definition of work can be different for different people, too. You of know? course,
1: yeah, and, and we want exactly success. Mm-hmm. Success is different; it means a different thing person to person. But you, you know, most people when they when they want this answer that you're asking, and this might not be you, they want the answer that will work immediately. Think of the body that you've been entrusted with, mm-hmm. right? Which is the only one that you're going to get is your lifelong project and you get to fuel it and experiment and play around with it and it's pretty darn good the way it's made (laughs) i mean like i mean i'm amazed at 18 when i finally changed my life that i was still like this thing was still functional (laughs) i drank so many soft drinks it's a miracle that i didn't become type 2 diabetic I ate so much food. I remember being like eight years old and I'd go to, we went to Guatemala because my family's from Guatemala and my, my grandparents had this property and they, I don't know why, but they had a ton of peanuts, (laughs) like bags of peanuts. I would eat so many peanuts that I would vomit.
0: (gasps) Oh my gosh.
1: Not to be overly gross, but it would like (laughs) be like peanut butter because it was, (laughs) but I abused the heck out of this body of mine. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's pretty darn good. And so what I mean by that is the answer to your question, if I'm completely honest, is I don't know.
0: Okay, cool.
1: I don't know how (laughs) many calories your body needs. I don't know what the best macro breakdown is. Now, with that, I can give you some parameters and Mm -hmm. some starting points, which you know better than anybody. I mean, you did the 28-day nutrition course. You've done the six-week challenge. But the... the the hope that I would have is that, you know, first and foremost, you know, I think it's good to test, assess, retest, assess. For example, 1300 calories didn't work for you.
0: Oh my gosh, no.
1: I mean, and I, and if I knew that, I would have said, Grayson, no, <laughs> you, you need more food, right? You're in this, you know, current, current season of life, right? Um, and actually I, I told your mom this. I'm like that summer. I think I told your mom, but we, you know, you're graduated from high school. I was like, that was the most fun summer in the world because, like, you really have no responsibilities. <laughs> I mean, I mowed yards, so me and my buddy mowed yards. But college, you know, you haven't even experienced that yet because. That's gonna bring on, I mean, it's great. I love coming to A&M, but tests and you know oh. <laughs> responsibilities and all those things, um, th- that's not here yet. And then high school, which was kind of that version, is done, so you're kind of in this really cool season, right? Mm-hmm. And so during the summer is a great time for you to, I mean, you're going to work out every day, mm-hmm. but this is a great time for you to experiment. And you know, that's why I think too, the value of having a, my fitness pal. Oh yeah. is so good. <laughs> not, not to become hyper obsessed. And, and I kind of feel like you got to be a little like Michael Jordan. Cause he was hyper obsessed about winning. You got to be hyper obsessed to, to improve. Right. So when it comes to my fitness pal, you know, it's not your god little g right mm-hmm. so it's like but you got to really like do it to mm-hmm. cr- to get the data right oh yeah so if you let's just say right now you know I, i'd probably say off the top of my head if you've been at 1300 would you know where your calories are right now
0: yeah i increased um like 50 to 100 every about two weeks so, so what is that
1: putting you at right now
0: i'm at about 1800 and, and how, i how I'm, do you feel i'm okay that's the thing. I don't really know how I feel until I'm above or below and I'm like, hey, that worked. So yeah. I'm kind of at that stage. Honestly, I'm freaking myself out because it's hard for me to eat that much. But before I started um, changing my diet, I could eat so much food. So it's kind of weird. Well, and
1: people when they eat unhealthy can eat a lot of food.
0: Why? That's... Well, think
1: about it. So if I go to Chewy's and I get a, you know an enchilada plate. Uh-huh and eat chips and salsa and queso, it's probably not very hard to eat 3,500 calories. I mean, on average, people that go to Chewy's probably eat, or any Mexican restaurant. If I were to give you 3,500 calories of chicken and broccoli,
0: you'd
1: be eating for hours and still probably not be able. Because when you eat healthy, the food, the quality, the density is higher, right? So it's like, Uh, you have to eat more.
0: That makes sense. And
1: so we, you know, and that's why we want to eat quality, Mm -hmm. right? Quantity and balance. Those are the three things that I really focus on is quality is single ingredient foods. Quantity is how much you're eating. Balance is the balance of more so carbs and protein. And, Mm -hmm. and of course we want to include fats, but we don't, we we don't want to lose the hormonal balance that you get from balancing protein with carbohydrates. So don't neglect protein in this, you Mm -hmm. know? And I would start there. I'd say, okay, Let me focus on getting X number of grams of protein. Um, You know, for you, I'd probably start at like 150 grams of protein, right? And then I personally think, you know, you'd probably easily be able to have 200 grams of carbohydrate. What? And then let's (laughs) offset that, the fat remaining, with, you know, probably about 1,800. And don't be so stringent. I'd give yourself an 1800 on the low end, hmm. 2000 calorie on the high end. Kind of a goal, right? Okay. So there's a window. I, I gotta be at least 1800, but no more than 2000. I would hang out there for two weeks. How, wh- the the other variable here is when you're eating and how much you're eating. So yeah, if you're eating those calories all in the you know afternoon, right? So you kind of do this, I eat like nothing for breakfast, nothing for lunch, and then I just eat all my calories from 4 o'clock to 10 o'clock, that's not good, mm-hmm. right? So we want to have that spread out throughout the day. And for you, if you're working out, let's say at 6 a.m., then I'd get up at 5 a.m. and have a breakfast or a meal that's going to fuel my workout. We've, you've heard me talk about this, but mm-hmm. you want those calories, especially those carbohydrates, around the workout time. And then you want to feed, like, the thing about working out at 6 a.m., you got to think you've just jacked up, and we're going to use the word metabolism, but just think about it. You just jacked up your body. Like, your body now, you know, I worked out at 6 a.m. this morning. (laughs) I was sweating. I was, I mean, it was, and what I did is my body just got jacked up, and that means I need to fuel it, right? So now I have to fuel it, and i got to fuel it. I drink my shake. I eat my breakfast. I got to eat shortly after that, and I got to keep fueling it all day. Mm -hmm. And so, if we miss those meals, and where people miss them is because they're focused so much on weight loss, they're focused so much on that number—whether it's a calorie number, a a scale number—they're focused so much on that number that they completely forget that hey, there's a component to this that has nothing to do with that. It's this is a body that needs fuel that's exactly what it's, it's almost did. like loving somebody systematically mm. you know like okay to love this person i need to text them at 6 a.m <laughs> tell them i love them three times a day um, hug them when i see them only once <laughs> and dive into a meaningful conversation for 17 minutes once a day that's what people are doing with a macro calorie prescription to their body. Mm-hmm. what if you did murph?
0: Oh my god. What if
1: what if, you know, what if the workout was different? Not all workouts demand the same amount of energy boom that's a light bulb moment oh,
0: is that where the calorie window like your 18 uh what you said earlier the 1800 to like the yeah 2000? yes
1: you got to listen you know you got to feel it out it's kind of like a golf you know i don't I, I, i'm not a by any means a golf pro but it's like <laughs> i just love watching some people that are so good at their sport that they just like you know it's like you got this like person who plays golf let's just say and the the shot is you know the caddy will tell me exactly how and Everything in the textbook says to grab a certain club, mm-hmm. but this guy knows. He knows the wind. He knows the, you know, and he says, "Give me the other one." Not textbook is the other one. The caddy's like, "Dude," he's like, "Dude, I know how I, I know how I play. Give me that other club." And I love an athlete like that, and I and I and I love somebody who knows their body so well. Now, my job in nutrition is to help people learn that fundamental truth, mm-hmm. and it's not easy. It's you know, it's like parenting. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, your, your parents, their goal is for you to go to Georgia, make good decisions, yeah. graduate, and live a, a long, healthy, happy life, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they had a certain amount of time to teach you some principles um, to live by. And so it's the same with nutrition. And you have to kind of grow into this person, this adult version of yourself that's going to be making... But just know you're the driver of the bus, right? (laughs) You know more about your body, believe it or not, than me or any person that would ever read any textbook, you know? And so when you embrace that, I mean, the obvious, if I'm really serious, it would probably fix 90% of people's questions, is just eat healthy. (laughs) Yeah. Okay? The, The... Beyond that, like now we're talking about things that, yeah, there's probably a specific number and, you know, we can put you on a macro prescription. And those are good things. I don't want to make – because sometimes we need that. But for the most part is like this summer, I would encourage you to just – if you spend the next three or four months just really listening, understanding your body and what it needs, it will take care of you for the rest of your life.
0: That's smart. You're, I'm getting a lot of balance from this talk. That's that's really smart because sometimes it is so easy to get hung up on all the macros that you forget that you actually need balance in your diet. Yes, like it's, it's that's light bulbs. Definitely, well, <laughs> there's a okay. light bulbs going okay. off so, here. <laughs> so, last
1: question, me for you. Mm-hmm. I ask every person this on the podcast, but the purpose the the I would say the motivation behind why I'm so excited to be here every single day and get people like you motivated and inspired to work out and so many others is because I believe that when you exercise when you start this journey that you become a better version of yourself and that really fires me up so For you, right, you've been kind of active in sport in in your whole life, but as you kind of got into this world of fitness, and you would definitely call yourself a CrossFitter now. Yay, (laughs) I did it. how, How has this journey made you a better version of you?
0: Every time, so I've listened to a couple podcasts. Every time you ask that question, I try to think of like a super good answer, but it always comes back to one interaction I had here and long story short i think that building better people here is the little moments in a class that you learn a lesson that you can take into your everyday life and the first time in the most memorable time i think i'll ever forget it was there was one crossfit workout in the morning at 6 a.m when it was freezing cold like so cold oh my gosh it was awful And it was that type of rain where it was like just enough to feel like little ice cubes hitting you, but not enough rain to not run outside because it was part of the workout. And then there were rowers there. I know there were rowers. I don't know if we rode or if it was like an option instead of running, but the part I will never forget it was multiple rounds, don't remember how much, but there were 30 box jumps. It was 30 box jumps, a run, and something else. And the very, very, very first set of box jumps the 29th box jump, I just ate it. Like, oof. I can feel the pain in my shin right now because I clipped my toe, you know? Just like everyone has to do it at least once. I clipped (laughs) my toe and I hit my shin and just, oh my gosh, it was like purple and black and not looking good. And it was so freezing cold and I just kind of caught myself on top of the box for a second and I was like oh my gosh that just happened okay and that's such a little thing and I wasn't in a whole lot of pain I mean it hurt pretty bad but it wasn't too much pain but that was the first time I'd ever been hurt at all since my shoulder surgery like in a sport and I know it's little like I know everyone has that happened but it was just this this kind of uh like piercing reality like okay I just got hurt, but what now? And Robert was the coach. He came up to me, and he goes, "You're okay, Grayson." And a part of me was like, "Are you kidding me? What?" <laughs> and then I realized, like, no, I'm I'm okay. But it wasn't it wasn't that okay that people had given me after my surgery when they didn't realize like I physically could not do something. It was an okay, like you're good. I know you can do it. I know you can get the last, the 30th box jump in on the very first set. And I'll never forget that because that made me a better person. Like I got up after (laughs) like destroying my shin and I, it took me a second, but I got the last box jump, and then we had to go on the stupid run out in the freezing cold, and later, I think I was so cold that my leg just didn't bleed yet, because once I warmed up, (laughs) my leg just started bleeding. I was like, oh my gosh, no, but Robert, he's like, you're okay, and that's what building better people is like. I'm such a better person, because even if I get a little dinged up I'm fine like in life I will be okay I know I'm gonna be okay and I don't know if I would have learned that lesson outside of CrossFit or at least not in the same way because like I trust Robert he's such a great coach and I know that he knows me well enough that he knew that I was actually okay like I mean if I if I was you know got super hurt he wouldn't have been like you're fine get up but He he knows me, and he knew that I was okay, and that made such a difference because it was such an important moment because I hadn't been hurt ever since my surgery, and I will never forget that. That's what building better people is like. I am not the same person. If that wouldn't have happened, I would not be the same person.
1: Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Bryan College Station, we would love for you to come to our gym and start with one of our programs. If you're interested in more information about our services or a free trial, visit us at boomfitbcs.com. That's boomfitbcs.com.